Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mama's Legacy Podcast. I'm joined here with Christian. Hey, what's up, guys? So this is the first Nets fan we've had on this podcast, and I can't say I'm too happy. I'm messing around. It's an honor to have you on, man. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to get to some sports talk. We're going to start right off. We're going to jump right into it in this one. The Nets, the Nets final matchup. We all know the Nets are probably going to win the East. Let's be realistic for a second. Nobody's going to stop Harden, KD, and Kyrie. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, I can agree on that for sure. Pretty easy to agree on. But who do you see coming out the West to face you guys? Well, when I look at these teams that are stacked up in the West, there's just an injury to Donovan Mitchell, an ankle sprain, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be out for too long. I don't see the Jazz coming out. The Suns are right behind them. I don't see them coming out either. If I had to say, it it has to be you guys. I mean, as long as your two big guys and LeBron and AD are able to come back healthy, there's a little to no chance that anyone else is going to come out of the West. Well, unfortunately for you, I'm no longer a part of that fan base. Do And we'll, we'll talk about this right now. This will be perfect. So LaMarcus Aldridge, prayers out for him. He just retired the other day uh, due to irregular heartbeat. Uh, prayers out for him, of course. Lakers fans, as usual, were the most toxic fan base in the NBA. I've seen them do it a bunch of times. They did it. Again, when Danny Green missed three-point shot, sent him death threats. Lakers fans are known for sending death threats and being the shittiest fans. Now, there are some great ones that I love to death, but I actually left the Lakers fan base because of that. You're now talking to the newest Magic fan. I was quite surprised when I saw you reveal that on the stream yesterday. I was thinking the Magic? Out of all teams, the Magic? But, you know, what, what, what was really behind the thought process for uh, going to become a Magic fan? Well, number one, they have the best mascot in the league. But uh, realistically speaking, I'm a huge fan of Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. And then Jonathan Isaac being there, that's just a giant plus. And I love seeing the young guys. I like seeing young guys uh, develop. The Lakers, we got a bunch of old heads like Jared Dudley. But I love I love watching them develop. Lakers are always going to have a second place in my heart. But that's, that's neither there. The main thing here is prayers up for LaMarcus Aldridge, and I really hope he's all right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was just such shocking news when I saw the tweet. It was actually Jules who um called me that morning. She told me Lamarcus Aldridge retired. I'm like, no, you're kidding me. Like I thought it, I thought it was another prank, but no, Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, good for him for putting his health first, but he will be missed. I felt like he was almost the um the X factor because he could kind of stretch the floor and still rebound in box that would really put the Nets at a sizable advantage over the Lakers. Yes, no, I will completely agree with that. LaMarcus Aldridge scared me quite a bit. He wasn't the best defensively for you guys, but offensively, that man is scary. He can shoot, he can pull up for three, mid-range, take it in. The man's scary, but again, thank God he did that. But with the Nets finals matchup, I don't think it was going to be the Jazz, even if Mitchell was healthy. Gobert's a black hole for you in the playoffs. He's going to get fouled out every game. Uh, Suns, I think they're one or two years away from it. Clippers are actually my pick. Now, I'm going to get a lot of shit for that, but the reason they didn't finish it last year is because they didn't have a leader. They have Rajon Rondo now, one of the best leaders in the NBA. I think he's only behind Chris Paul and LeBron. He's one of the greatest leaders in the NBA. I think we can all agree on that. His IQ was off the charts. And now that he's with the Clippers, with Kawhi, who's done it before, I feel like Rondo on this team has taken up what Kyle Lowry was on the Raptors championship team the leader, vocal guy, and he's going to elevate the entire team, I feel like. So I actually have the Clippers. And if it's not the Clippers, I definitely believe it's going to be the Lakers 100%. And with the Nuggets, I think they've fallen out of it now that Murray's going to be gone. I think Murray was the X factor for the Nuggets making the finals. 
Right. I see with the Clippers, not even the intangibles of Rondo as a leader, because I think he provides a lot of value. And if, if the Lakers can't get healthy, it's definitely going to be the Clippers. But it's the fact that Rondo is a proven playoff performer. If you look at his stats in the regular season versus the postseason, he increases in almost every major stat category, and he's able to score when it matters the most. And I think that's what the Clippers were missing. Because if you remember last year, when they're up 3-1 to one against the Nuggets in the bubble, you were thinking, okay, all they have to do is close out. And they blew double-digits leads in consecutive games. So if you have a closer, a proven playoff performer who's not afraid to take the big shots and hit it when it matters, you're going to be in a great position, especially in those closeout games if you're the L.A. Clippers. Yes, I 100% agree. Uh, they also, we can't forget, they added Luke Kennard, who's a pretty damn good shooter. They've also added Serge Ibaka. I'm a big fan of Serge's defense. This Clippers, it's almost the same, but they've only upgraded. They uh, Lou Williams is gone, but he was a black hole on defense, in my opinion. I don't think, I think he goes against what their whole scheme is, the defense first. So I think Lou Williams being gone, I think it's more of a plus for the Clippers than a, than a minus, in my opinion. But no, this Clippers team is going to be scary come playoff time. If Kawhi can stay healthy, Paul George cannot turn into pandemic P, and you get playoff Rondo, I think this Clipper team is going to be scary. Right. I think with Lou Williams getting traded over to Atlanta, it's definitely a benefit for the Clippers because when you saw – Lou Williams, uh, while the Clippers were playing in the bubble, go to Atlanta and go to get those wings from Magic City. And that's how he got his name, Lemon Pepper Lou. I mean, that just kind of, I think it just demoralized a lot of the Clippers. And I know the Lakers and the Clippers were the two most vocal teams about wanting to leave the bubble and not wanting to play. And I think that Lou Williams had that negative effect on team morale that really like pushed them towards that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think he's a cancer by any means, but I don't think he's a good leader. No, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Not necessarily, like, bad for the organization, but just his actions. And, you know, it, it can have an effect if you're a player, if you just see, you know, your teammates not really taking it as seriously as you are. And, of course, he's definitely nowhere close to the, as great of a leader as Rajon Rondo is. Yes, no, Rondo, again, I think he's the third best leader in the NBA. But we'll talk more about the East right now with your Nets. Speaking of your Nets, they recently just lost to the 76ers, uh, 123 to 117. What did you take away from that game? Well, when I was first watching the game, um, I was noting that the 76ers were looking really good, um, just not from the shooting three-pointers, but also Joel Embiid is going to be a very, very tough matchup for the Nets, especially with the loss of LaMarcus Aldridge it's going to be hard to be throwing DeAndre Jordan and Claxton at him because he's relatively unguardable at seven feet. He outweighs both of them. He'll be able to get in the paint and he can stretch the floor. I know two or three times in the game when DeAndre Jordan was kind of down in the paint waiting for a rebound, Joel Embiid would walk up the floor, he'd get the ball pass, and he'd hit a three. So that was a little bit concerning for me. And then in the second half, the Nets just couldn't seem to close the gap until we hit the fourth quarter. And that was what I was really, really Uh, happy about is that the Nets were able to with their bench players not even with Kyrie Irving on the floor close the gap with the 76ers and they brought the game within three after being down by double digits so it it was just great to see plus Kyrie Irving did drop 37 points on the so-called defensive player of the year so (laughs) that was good to watch too I still think he is the defensive player of the year but we won't talk about that I mean you can't you can't hate on that too much Kyrie is nearly a foot shorter than Ben Right. I mean, I just feel like Kyrie Irving, if there was a superlative for most unguardable player, you, you got to give it to him. 
just he's too crafty. His dribbles is almost no shot that Kyrie Irving can't make. I think he actually has the best handles in NBA history. Wow. Well, I, I, I was thinking that too, but yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, he's definitely up there. I mean, the only people you can really argue is Crawford and Curry, in my opinion. Those are the only two guys you can really argue with. And I think Curry is a far third to those two. Right, right. What Curry lacks and handles, though, he does make up for in his in, insane three-point shooting. The fact that he can just turn around and shoot a three, that makes it, it makes his handles look godly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And the uh, players are so concerned with guarding him at the line that they don't even really care. Like, they just want to make sure that he doesn't get the three off and he gets it off anyway. It doesn't matter who's on him, you know? I mean, he could just dribble it. He could just do two chest, chest dribbles and then shoot a three, and he looks like God. But that's, that's Stephen Curry. For, I mean, that's Steph Curry for you, yeah. But uh, what I took away from that game is you need paint help ASAP. Joel Embiid tore you up. Uh, I mean, he tears everybody up. I, I think he's top three for MVP. Joel Embiid tears people up. Uh, ben Simmons, he played all right. Kyrie torched him. Uh, this Nets team really surprised me how close they kept it. I believe Kevin Durant was playing on a minutes restriction. No, he wasn't playing at all. Oh, he didn't. He missed that game. And then James Harden wasn't playing, I believe. No, no. Right. Yeah, he's on the 10 days still. And the fact that he gets it that close with the 76ers, who a lot of people are actually surprisingly picking to come out the East. Uh, they're not – I mean, they're my second pick if the Nets don't make it. But the fact that they kept it that close, missing their two two of their best players – two their two best players, in my opinion, it was scary, really scary to watch. But this Nets team – I feel like is very inconsistent. You lost to the Lakers, who didn't even have Kuzma playing. I felt, and you lost by 25 to them. And then you go and beat, uh, who did y'all beat after us? I remember it was impressive. After the Lakers, it was against the Timberwolves. We played an afternoon game at 4 p.m. and we won by 30. Yeah, no, I thought that was impressive. Yes, it was the Timberwolves, but you still won by 30. You guys, I feel like this bench is very inconsistent. My opinion, uh, and that's something that if it can get straightened out, I think you guys can really sweep anybody in the playoffs. But I feel like that bench has to start playing on a more consistent level instead of looking like a starter, a group of starters, and then going against my Lakers and looking like a G League team. Right. As, as a Nets fan, it's the most disheartening thing to see when we can just beat some of the top teams. And then when the Chicago Bulls roll into town, or rather where in Chicago, we can't beat them. The Lakers, who don't even have two of their best players, we can't beat them. And I think that this is something with the Nets psychologically. It's not about the players that are injured or the talent. It's the fact that the Nets want to play up to who they will play up to, and they'll play down to competition as well. So the Nets, seeing that the Lakers have key injuries, are not going to be playing them as hard as if LeBron and AD were playing. And that's a, not a great mindset to have as a team. And it's frustrating to watch. And the bench again, has been inconsistent. If you look at our shooters in Landry Shamit, TLC, they're either going to go five of seven from three, give you a nice 15 or 17 points, or they're going to be like, oh, eight from three. In the game that we played against the Lakers, against um, the LeBron and AD-less Lakers, we went 0 of 15 to end the game from three. Literally, the second half, 0 of 15 from three. And that was just combined with our starters, our bench, everyone. You, you're not going to win any games if you go 0-15 from three and a half. I just, I just can't see it. What I'm scared of this Nets team, and it kind of reminds me of the, of the last year's Clippers team, who already have their eyes on the championship, 
and aren't looking at the competition right now. That's what I'm scared of this team becoming because Lord knows how bad Twitter will erupt if the Nets don't make the finals. Lord knows. So I've started to notice that they're, they, they like to trash and they, they, they already think they're the champions, in my opinion. They yeah. think they're going to win it. And I'm not sure that's the best mentality to have as a team. What I mean, I mean, how does this team remind you of the Clippers last year? This team is eerily similar to the Clippers last season in that you have all of these good star players coming together and then one of them gets injured, the other one is resting, this and that. And then they don't get enough reps together. And then when you try to put it all together in the playoffs, it ends up falling apart. In that way, it reminds me of the Clippers. But the way it doesn't remind me of the Clippers is that when we have James Harden holding the fort down by himself and he's putting up MVP-like numbers and pretty much averaging a triple-double, I think we have more talent, more scoring than the Clippers did last season. But that mindset of we're already on the course to win it all is not the type of winning mindset that I would like. I want it to be that we won by 10. Why didn't we win by 15? I want to be hungry for it because that's the type of mindset that will get you a championship. Definitely. I agree. I think you guys want to go out there and blow everybody out, but it looks like you just want to win the game and you don't matter how you, it doesn't matter how you do it. And it doesn't even look like you're trying to win that. I, I like teams that treat every game like the championship game. Those are, those are champions right there. And I don't see that dog in a lot of the Nets players there. Are, I think James Harden has that dog in him. Uh, we're still yet to see that in the playoffs from him. I think he's going to change up his game style, be a great felicitator. I think he's going to have that dog in him this year in the playoffs. Kevin Durant, mm, I don't think he has that dog in him. He's a bit like Kawhi, in my opinion, how he plays the game. He's quiet, lets his game do the talking. Uh, and Kyrie, Kyrie, I have my doubts about. You saw what he did. He had a great team in Boston, couldn't really do much with that. LeBron was always the guy in Cleveland. He has yet to show that he can be a great leader on a team by himself, in my opinion. So that's just my opinion uh, on the Nets right now. But we're going to switch right on over. Quick topic before we head into our main topic. Steph Curry just clinched the all-time leader, leading score for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, do you think this helps? Do you th Where do you rank Stephen Curry because of this? Do you think he gets boosted up? Is he in your top 10 maybe? I'm interested. I would not put Steph Curry in my top 10 just yet, but I would put him as the top player to ever don a Warriors jersey. Or not in the top player to don a Warriors jersey, the top warrior ever. Like the, that's because Wilt Chamberlain mm -hmm. did. But I'm not, I'm not trying to say Steph is better than Wilt. But as far as like on the Warriors, Steph is probably the greatest warrior that we've ever seen. I, 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 I can agree. And maybe, I think Steph, you could definitely say safely that he's probably a top 15 top 15 all time at this point but i'm not well uh, ready to put him in the top 10 yet no i don't think i'm ready to put him there yet but i will make i will i will give you this do you think he's better than alan iverson alan iverson did something to the game with his crossover and sort of revolutionized it steph curry changed the game i'd say to a greater degree with his three-point shooting because now he's kind of changed the way that the game works because Coaches never saw the three-point shot as an efficient shot. You saw it back in the 90s and the 2000s. But then the usage rate of the three-point shot went up as soon as Steph Curry just came onto the scene with the Warriors 2014, 2015, when they won a championship. And then that became the formula to winning championships. I'd have to put Steph Curry over Allen Iverson for that reason. I 100% agree with that. I love AI, but 
you got to give it to Curry on this one. And with that, we're going to head right to our main and last topic. The injury was devastating to Jamal Murray, closing seconds of the game. And the talks are with Denver that Austin Rivers is going to go there. Do you think Jokic playing at an MVP level that he is right now, do you think this Nuggets team can make it out of the West, or do you think they're uh, goners? I would not count out this Denver team. I know what they did in the bubble with Jamal Murray is probably one of the, the greatest playoff runs that never made it to a finals that we've seen. Two, three to one comebacks. And I just don't think that the injury for Jamal, uh, to Jamal Murray is as bad for Denver as one might think. Because Denver's currently fourth seed in the West, 18 and 12 in the conference. And they're eight and two in their last 10. They have Michael Porter Jr. So he's looking pretty good, averaging 17.5 points with 7.8 rebounds, one assist a game. And they just added Aaron Gordon. And they're undefeated with Aaron Gordon. Or no, not undefeated, but they went on a seven-game win streak and then they lost one. They have Bull Bull, who I think is going to see a lot more minutes now that Jamal Murray is out. He's seven foot two with a 7'8 wingspan. The fact that he doesn't see more playing time, he's just at 21 years old. If they develop him now, he can be a great asset in the playoffs. And then we get to the topic of Nikola Jokic, who's MVP front runner, and he's practically averaging a triple-double. He's shooting career highs from three and from the free throw line. I just don't think that, like, well, obviously Jamal Murray's injury is not great for Denver and it hurts their chances. I still think they have a chance to come out of the West. I uh, 100% agree. I think this Nuggets team is kind of scary. The more and more I've watched some of their film, Aaron Gordon, I think he might end up playing two guard. I think their uh, backup, I think he's, I forget where he's from, maybe Italian. The point guard, he makes crazy passes. Jokic, I think he can carry this team 100%. This man, he hasn't carried them this all year, but I do believe that uh, Murray got off to a slow start and Jokic was right there carrying the team. I think for sure they're going to finish in the top five of the West. And then playoff time, I think Jokic is going to get the ball and his usage rate, usage rate is going to go skyrocket. I think he's going to carry them in the playoffs at least out of the first round, perhaps the second, but I'm not entirely sure they could beat a stacked team like the Clippers and all that. I mean, they barely did it last year, all jokes aside. I don't think they could do it again this year, but I do believe they can make it out the first round with Jokic being the guy. And next year when Murray comes back, I think this uh, Nuggets team's uh, finals favorites in the West. No doubt. No doubt. I think that the Nuggets, what we saw from them in the bubble last year, we expected it to translate this year to put them into the Western Conference elite. And they sort of started the season out a little bit more um, disappointing than uh, I would have imagined. But still, you have nothing to worry about if you're, if you're Denver as far as just having a great solid team for years to come. If you keep Jokic and Murray together, I mean, it really wouldn't matter who you put around them. To have a center that's able to assist the ball, <laughs> the center is your greatest passer on your team. That's just, you can't beat that. Uh, no, you cannot. And they keep making great additions. Aaron Gordon was a great pickup. They didn't have to give up much at all. JaVale McGee, I think, was a great pickup. Defensive force right there, blocking any shot, rebound, anything. And he's not a bad lob threat, not a bad scorer. I think the Nuggets big men are going to all see a very high increase in minutes. I think JaVale McGee is going to play out of his mind come playoff time. I mean, he played amazing for us last year. And 
I don't think Nuggets fans should be worried. They still have their first round picks, I believe. They're still, they've done it the right way. They've built, it's not a super team yet, but they've built an amazing team the right way. And I'm all for it. And I think this Nugget team is going to go win a fine, win a championship within the next four years. I could get on that. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. And plus, the Nuggets could really run teams off the floor with just purely their size. They got a seven footer in Jokic. They got JaVale McGee, and they have Bull Bull. If they start giving him more minutes, that would just be an insane team to have to try to rebound against and get those second-chance opportunities. Yeah, definitely. I believe last year before the NBA bubble season game started, they had a couple of practice games. The Nuggets ran an all-big-man lineup, and they dist- – I forgot who it was, but they destroyed the other team by at least 30. Bull Bull was hitting threes. I'd be very surprised if they didn't run that if they needed to in the playoffs. An all-center team. I think not necessarily like this is the way that the NBA is moving, but I think like as far as just a team that would be hard to deal with, like you've heard about small ball and then just like regular size, like what about like big man ball? If you, as you said, have that team of all big men and then obviously have like some sort of like person to handle the ball. Well, then again, you have Jokic. So Yeah, put Jokic at point guard. Exactly. Exactly. That would be an insane team to beat. And they could beat you just based on rebounding and second chance points. Yeah, no, that that is that they ran that last year and they blew them out by 30. I think I think they might try that again this year in the playoffs if they get down. But that that it sounds perfect on paper. I mean, you got Bull Bull at center and athletic an athletic big. You get uh, you get Jokic at point guard. I know it sounds a little bit stupid, but it works. And Malone can make it happen. I think Malone's an amazing coach. Right. And I mean, with Jokic at point guard, you know, you think about teams that have like a big man center and a big man point guard kind of, you know, you have Philadelphia with Embiid and Simmons, but Simmons doesn't shoot. But you bring in Jokic, who's a big man, seven foot point guard who can shoot. Then you have Bobo at center who can also shoot. That's just a matchup nightmare for almost every single team in the NBA. Jokic is already a nightmare for every team in the NBA. <laughs> but we're going to wrap it up here. I apologize. This is a shorter podcast. I have a bunch of things I'm doing today. I'm going to be streaming today in about 30 minutes after this gets uploaded. I hope for hope. Hopefully some of you guys come in. We're going to play some games tonight, having some fun. I want to thank again, Christian, for coming on. It means the world that you come on. And I hope maybe I'll come on yours. Maybe you come on again. This would be great. Yeah, awesome. It would be great to work with you again, Max. This is really fun. All right. I appreciate it, man. Take care. All right. You too.